Hello and thanks for tuning in to the Biz Ninja Radio Show. This is Tyler Jorgensen. I'm so excited to come to you today and talk to you about entrepreneurship. Uh, today we have an amazing guest, Peter Shankman, um, who is one of my uh, digital mentors, virtual mentors, who I've been following for years because he has done some really cool um, things as an entrepreneur from just bootstrapping his first startup uh, to selling a couple of companies to truly influencing and helping others. Um, and so we're going to get into that interview in a second. We'll bring Peter on. But I want to tell you a little bit about a show, a, uh, an event that I have coming up next month here in Southern California. We're doing an event at the Monarch Beach Resort in Dana Point, and it's going to be really cool. We're going to um, go through, we're going to spend three days going through the details, the specifics of what you need to do to really, truly launch uh, grow, double, triple, maybe even 10x your business. Um, we're going to develop with you the exact steps that all of your new customers are going to need to take. We're going to help you to laser target your marketing so that you can reach these new customers. Um, and then we're even going to do things like help you reprogram your mindset and get in the right state of mind to be ready for this kind of new success. A lot of us hold ourselves back as entrepreneurs. So um, it's called the Business Masterclass or the Sales Automation Masterclass, but it's at the Dana Point. It's in Dana Point at the Monarch Beach Resort, October sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth. It's going to be amazing. If you are at all interested, go to businessninja.com/masterclass, and when you get there, apply. That's it. Just take that first step. Tell me about your business and what's going on, and we'll go from there. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you in October. Okay, now we're going to bring Peter on and let's do this. I want to welcome out a very special guest to Biz Ninja Radio today. Today we have Peter Shankman. Peter is an entrepreneur that I have been following for, um, I think it's been about six or seven, maybe even eight years. Um, and Peter has a cool story because at one point he worked for America Online. Remember that company? And he sees a really cool opportunity. And it seems to me, from my perspective, that it's set a whole uh, bunch of wheels in motion to bring him to where he is today. And I don't know if that's right, but will you tell me a little bit about your Titanic t-shirts? <laughs> yeah, I love the Titanic t-shirt store. That's always my favorite. So long story short, I was just switching out which books you see in the background. I, uh, what's my story? I was... Um, I had worked for AOL for several years and I moved back to New York and I was uh, consulting. I had no money, wanted to start a PR agency. I thought I could do it. Um, uh, I figured there gotta be people out there who needed a PR firm that could be faster and quicker than the big agency. It was the summer of 98. There was um, a movie coming out on video called Titanic. Uh, I figured there had to be other people that hated that movie as much as I did. So I took my rent money and I had 500 t-shirts printed up, and the t-shirts read it, sank, get over it. And I went in Times Square, and I figured if I could sell 180 shirts online, I'd bring my money back. Anything more would be profit. I could start my agency. I figured it would take a week. I sold 500 shirts in six hours, made five grand, came home, uh, called a reporter at USA Today, told her what I did. Uh, she wrote about it online. I sold 10,000 shirts, or she wrote about it in USA Today. I sold 10,000 shirts online. Created about 110, 120 grand, something like that. Started my first company. Pretty crazy. 
That's incredibly crazy because you set out with the aspirations to like, hey, let's at, let's at least. Break. I set out with the aspirations to not go bankrupt. Uh, if right. I hadn't done it, I would have had to. Uh, I would have had to um, uh, probably move back in with my parents. Yeah, and so instead, bam, you you know clear six figures and you get some amazing momentum going to start an agency. Now, kind of the, the premise yeah. that you know, what's the worst that can happen? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I, I'm going to give it a shot. No, it's amazing. And I, I love that you did it. And then now you did something though, that I think a lot of people, you, you didn't miss an important piece. You went out and you, you exceeded your expectations selling the shirts, but then you kept going. You kept the pedal down by making the phone call and letting out, letting the, letting the reporter know. Why do you think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs do that first thing but they forget to keep that momentum going or they get distracted. Or... I think a lot of it comes to the, the fact that we, we tend to focus on um, having a backup plan for when we fail, right? We have a backup plan for when we fail. Oh, if this thing fails, let's have a backup plan for it. Let's make sure that we have something to do in case we blow this thing, right? Um, I'm a huge fan of having a backup plan for when you succeed. Oh, interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it's, the logic there is that, okay, if, if I do something and it works, well, uh, what happens then? You know, what happens if I have, if I post something online that blows up, will my um, website be able to handle it? Will I have the ability to fulfill it? Will I be able to, you know, will, will I be in a plane? So, so have this backup plan for when you succeed. Yeah, because, we, yeah we saw a lot of people not having that when, uh, when they would experience like the Oprah effect. Mm -hmm, right? Exactly. Yeah, they weren't ready. At the end of the day, you need to have something like that because if you don't, you're in trouble. So, so this is yeah, yeah. 1998, you get the momentum going. Um, and was this around the time that you wrote your first book or had that had, uh, had your first yeah, book? Book, book wasn't until 2005. Uh, my first okay. book was 05. Um, I was, yeah, I, I'd been doing PR for years by that point. Now, uh, in 98, I simply wanted to start a PR firm. And that's where everything came from in that. And then I wound up starting the PR firm in like late 98, sold it in 2001, and then was consulting for several years. Okay. And so then, you know, what, like, tell me about your journey from, um, you know, bootstrap entrepreneur to selling a PR firm. That's, those are big steps. Is that, is that another example of just having a plan for success? Yeah, so I, I, it was, you know, it was a little bit of both. I, I, no one ever, no one ever told me I couldn't do things, you know? And then when people did tell me I couldn't do things, well, the attitude to me was, okay, well now I have to do it just because you told me I couldn't, <laughs> right? You know, I, uh, I remember telling my parents I wanted to go skydiving. You don't, you don't go skydiving, Jews don't skydive. My mom's favorite line. Jews don't start it. My father said, well, I have 400 jumps now. You know, um, uh, I wanted to do a triathlon. Well, you know, you might not be have the body type for a triathlon. Well, bitch, I've done two Ironman and at least a dozen half Ironman and, you know, just signed up for a new one today. It's kind of like, it's really a, a drug addiction. It's, yeah, because you just completed one on I, Sunday. I, right? Look at how sunburned yeah. I am from my race <laughs> on Sunday. And I just signed up for one in Barcelona in May. So, yeah, I'm not very smart. But um, Barcelona. now it gets, it gets very addictive. So, you know, for me, it's, it's really all about, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to try to do it. There's a line from the movie Hudson Hawk, one of my favorite films. Um, 
He goes, I've always been, always been that guy who doesn't listen. You know, play, keep off the grass, let's play stickball, right? And so I've always, always believed that. You know, you, you, tell me I can't do something, and I'm probably, even if I don't want to do it, I'm probably going to do it just to prove you wrong. Yeah, that's interesting. So for you, it's not necessarily like money is a primary factor or those kind of things, but sometimes it's just the challenge itself. Well, the, my two primary goals are always uh, do something because it's fun and because it makes the world a better place. That's sort of my belief that how to improve life. Um, I think there, if you're doing those two things, then money tends to come. Yeah, and it's always going to be getting better for you, so you're going to have fun because that's your goal. Yeah. And when you're, I think when you're out there and you're having fun and doing big things, I think pretty naturally it's going to follow that you're going to be benefiting the lives around you just because you're in a good mood, right? And exactly. you had your, uh, you posted recently your your eight dollar secret hack to uh, flight upgrades, right? Um, and I love that. Tell us about that real quick, and then why that. Yeah, I mean, thing every time I get on a every time I get on a plane, I bring a large bag of M and M's, and I give it to the lead flight attendant, and I tell her to share it with everyone. And it sounds crazy, but it is one of the best things you can do to um, improve your flight and everyone else's flight because. A flight attendants by default expect to be treated like crap. They expect to, they expect that you're going to be in a bad mood. So they're going to be in a bad mood. And you know, if you could just treat them a little better, all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, that was the nicest thing ever. And so it's that, uh, uh the beauty of that is really to, um, to, uh, create that moment where they're like, wow, that was really nice. And that just changes their entire, uh, concept of, of their day. And can really improve your flight. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, behind you, you have Zombie Loyalists. Um, your first book uh, was a, P a book on PR. Um, it was uh, Can We Do That or We Can Do That. Can We Do That. Um, yeah, Can We Do That. And uh, about just being creative and innovative and not just doing the same things that everyone that before you has done in PR. Um, but, and you have a new book coming out or working on you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm working on a book. Uh, it's just about done. It's called uh, Faster Than Normal, and it focuses on the concept of using ADHD as a gift, not a curse. My current, um, I have a podcast that I do, and it's called uh, Faster Than Normal. It is currently the number one podcast on ADHD um, online. And so I use that to um, prove that ADHD can be a gift. It's not a curse. It's, it's having it as a good thing if you know how to do it if you know how to use it, uh, right. And I talk about, um, I talk about that with, with guests, with CEOs, people like that. And we, um, we focus really hard on, uh, creating, uh, changing, sort of changing the, the, the conversation around ADHD. Sure. And I was trying not to hard, I was trying to not make a joke about that. You focus on exactly uh, squirrel, <laughs> but, um, I love that because, you know, I have four kids. They're all very different. Each one has very different attention spans and they're in, they're in school right now, like most kids. And you know, you see some kids that aren't able to focus as much or yep. maintain the same type of focus as what is expected in a typical student that goes to school for eight hours. Yeah. Um, and I, it's never bothered me because I know that there's just, that just means they're wired differently and they're gonna, they're gonna achieve different types of things. Um, so I think it's cool that you're kind of fighting the stigma 
of ADD and ADHD. I think there's uh, definitely, like you said, it's a superpower applied, right? And if people don't beat themselves down just because they have something that's considered different or whatever. I've always thought that, you know, being different is good. Who the hell wants to be like everyone else? It's boring. I mean, it's funny because as a kid, as a kid, you kind of, kiss of death is not being like everyone else like oh my god he's different but it turns out that's like the best possible thing you can be yeah and that's it's interesting as i watch my kids you know grow up it's around third grade that they even start realizing that the thing is different <clears throat> and uh and then you know i remember my kids aren't quite in high school yet but i remember by about end of high school they start wanting to get that individuality again and some of them do and some people just decide they're just going to ride that standard yep. in the rest of their lives but um so one of the first things i actually so I, I launched this radio show back in 2011 and a tool that i used for the show almost every week was a, uh, a service called help a reporter out um which you started tell me about how you came up with that idea and did it go the way you expected i just like helping people i've always liked helping people and so to be able to help people um, is one of those things uh, that I thought, hey, this could be useful. And so creating Harrow really started out with me just wanting to help other people. Um, what can I do to help this reporter connect with this source? I know everyone, I talk to everyone. It's simply what I do. You know. If you're sitting on a plane next to me, unless you fake your own death, you're gonna know everything about me by the time we land, right? I'm gonna know everything about you, I should say. So for me, it was really about figuring out a way to take what I knew and help people with it. You know, how can I, how can I create things that can, um, allow people to connect using the knowledge that I have of all these people I know. Over time, it became way too uh, much for me to do that. I'd get reporters calling me, hey, I understand you have a lot of friends who are sub-Saharan soil experts. I'm like, I, I, sure, you know, how right. can I make that work? So I, I came to that uh, 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 concept that I could create something like that and make things a little better. And so that launched Help a Reporter. It blew up beyond my wildest dreams. I uh, wound up getting acquired for a very nice sum and uh, sort of changed my life. So I, I mean, because I've been kind of following you for quite a while, I, I remember when you first got started and, and when you were like, it was like you're still figuring out the website and how the email blasts were gonna work. And then you said, then it, it blew up beyond your wildest dreams. It got acquired. Um, how did you keep adapting? I mean, it, I guess this kind of goes back to our very first question, but how did you keep adapting to a point where you built this idea to an acquisition target? Uh, well, the acquisition actually came because they reached out to me. The company that acquired us was our largest advertiser. They reached out to me and said, hey, we'd like to, uh, to buy you. But I think that for me, it's, it's constantly building things that, are uh, listening to the audience and saying, the audience wants this, the audience wants that. How can I make this better? How can I make this better for them? So I ask them, you know, you ask your audience, what do you want? What do you need? What, what would make it better for you? And 
the more you do that, the more you wind up building something that is exactly what your audience wants. And that is where you uh, have success. Interesting. I think that's massive. I mean, it's amazing how many people don't listen to the people that are trying to, that they want to give them money. It blows my mind. I mean, it really <laughs> is just incredible how that, how that does not work. You know, it's like, come on, how, this isn't rocket science. Right. It's like, it's like dating. It's like, Hey, what kind of stuff do you like? Ah, I don't care. I'm going to just going to bring you and take, we'll do the stuff I can. Exactly. And I can tell you, I can tell you that does not work. <laughs> we won't go into those stories today, but, uh, um, that's funny. So being an entrepreneur, um, and you have started a cool mastermind, which I'm a part of, about, uh, of a group of people that are just trying to constantly get better. What do you see are some of the major challenges that entrepreneurs today face and what's your advice for them? It's funny. There are several. I mean, I think the number one challenge, uh, when you're an entrepreneur is working on your own. You know, the biggest problem I see is that, you know, when you work for a company, you have a company that can tell you what you're doing and, hey, you need help. Hey, here's people to help you. Here's what we can do. We don't have that when we work on our own. We don't have anything close to that. You know, we're lucky to, to have uh, uh, one person in our world who understands what we do, right? It's very difficult. And so, an entrepreneur, the first thing you have to understand is how to take care of yourself. You have to understand that if you can't create something, if you can't, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't create anything, and you're not going to be able to fix anything or do anything if you can't take care of yourself first. And um, it's a problem. I mean, I've seen, I've seen way too many people with great ideas um, be unable to, to fulfill them because they simply can't... Uh, uh, get out of their own head enough to talk to someone else. So the first thing I'd say as an entrepreneur is you have to take care of yourself. Um, it's the oxygen mask theory. You have to put on your own oxygen mask before helping others. You know, I think for me included, um, you know, having started a bunch of, you know, small businesses and, and uh, doing so many different things that the average um, American person or American worker sees as really bold and exciting. Um, I think sometimes the entrepreneur has the fear of looking vulnerable. And so not wanting, so maybe not wanting to open up and talk to somebody about, man, actually sometimes it's really hard and like you feel lonely and you feel, you know, being a solopreneur, you feel isolated and that no one gets you. And so, um, you know, I think taking care of yourself, both, you know, physically and psychologically and emotionally, and finding a group of people that you can talk to and be open with uh, is really important. Well, it's important also because, you know, you can't be your best if you can't do that, right? You need to be at your best if you want. If you want to be, a, uh, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, there's constantly people trying to bust you down. You know, I saw a great line. Um, you could walk on water and haters would start saying it's because you don't know how to swim. You don't know how to swim, right? Uh, so, yeah. To have, to have a group that's willing to have your back, like an entrepreneur group, like I have in Shank Minds, I, I mean, I, I get more out of uh, the group from Shank Minds than I think anyone else does. It's such a wonderful way uh, to just chat and just be, know that there are people just like us who aren't as, 
who are as crazy as we are. Um, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. Like no matter how many obstacles get overcome or how you know, successful somebody becomes, there's always going to be the people that are the yeah buts, right? The, oh, uh, well, you know, uh, like actually just the other day, I was in, in a uh, friendly conversation with somebody online about, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk posted a, a post about how he, uh, you know, he's not lucky. He's worked really hard. And everyone's um, like, oh, well, someone handed him the keys to a, you know. A, a I have a problem with the concept of not being lucky. I am the first to admit that I am damn lucky. Now, I've also worked my freaking ass off. Sure. But, you know, um, who was it? Uh, Abraham Lincoln said that he's a big believer in good fortune. He finds the harder he works, the more of it he has. Sure. And I agree with that. And I, and I do agree that we're not all born into the same station. My parents were public school teachers. They knew nothing about entrepreneurship. They right. still don't. And, uh, and, but that, and that was my point. I think some people, though, um, they say he's, he's only who he is. Like, you know, any, let's just say entrepreneur X is only the, how successful as they are today because they had something I don't have. Right. And it's that, that excuse projecting that they're doing that as much as the fact that there's no such thing as luck. Of course there is, but everyone has their moments of luck. Right. And the harder they work, the more of those moments they're going to have. Yep. So what, uh, what are the, some of the things that you've been the most fortunate with, with it that have just come out that you've uh, been able to seize opportunities on? I think I've been able to take my ADHD and use it to my advantage. That's number one, without question. Um, I have been able to focus on, it's taken me several years, countless years, but I've been able to learn how to avoid the haters. Um, I don't avoid them per se, but I don't listen to them as much anymore. Um, I think it's good to hear what they have to say, but it is also nice to be able to, um, let them sort of float away. Right. Without having to put your hand in the water, because a lot of haters are just not worth listening to. Um, you know, hear what they say, but you don't have to take it personally. And right. and that took a long time, but I'm glad that I finally figured it out. I call it um, actually I don't I'm making this up, but I call it the glass window uh, syndrome. So like if you ever you know you're driving and uh, you cut, somebody cuts you off and they get all mad and they're in the parking lot and they're crazy to each other because they're behind the glass window of their car. And then all of a sudden, like two minutes later, they're walking behind each other at the grocery store or at the store and they can't, they're not the same level of, they don't have that same level of animosity because now it's really yeah. how they're in front of each now other. They're real, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think, you know, I, I've had to deal with a very small number of haters, but I take it really personally. And so now I have to remind myself, hey, just because someone doesn't see what I'm doing or just because someone felt the need to be critical, it's probably because they're speaking from a lens of something going on in their life. Well, that's the thing. You know, you, you, I always try to ask people, and it's funny because this totally disarms them. I actually ask people, you know, when someone goes crazy on me or sends me a bad email or, or, or writes a rant or whatever, I ask them, I'm like, you know, just out of curiosity, are you doing okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? Because I shouldn't be making you this, I mean, you, 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 you're hoping I'm gonna go blow my brains out over there on that cliff, but my existence shouldn't be making you this upset. What is it and how can I help? And it disarms them immediately. And then as an added bonus, maybe sometimes I actually can help them. That's cool. But it's just fun as hell though. To yeah, <laughs> just disarm the whole situation. 
So we've heard, you know, I know a couple of your cool stories. I know, uh, you know, the internet knows a little bit about the Titanic t-shirt startup. Um, the internet knows about Harrow. Uh, we've heard about the, uh, the steak being delivered to you, you know, when you get off the plane. What are some cool things that have happened to you, you know, at, just because you're living your life a little bit more boldly than others that maybe we haven't heard about yet? I have the most incredible daughter in the world. Um, I am incredibly fortunate that um, her mom uh, saw fit to marry me when she did. And uh, although we're not together anymore, we're still very close friends. And um, we have a great relationship and a great daughter. And that, I think, you know, everyone's like, oh, I have the best daughter in the world. You know, so I don't, I don't brag about that so much, but she's awesome. And she makes me, she makes me much more human. Um, I'm very fortunate uh, for that. You know, I, I, I look at the little things. I mean, I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm, it's two days after the race. I'm hurting like hell right now, right? I'm sore as hell. But you know what? I get up at three in the morning to pee. And, you know, I get out of bed. And you, when you wake up in the middle of the night, you forget that you, that your body hurts. So you're like, oh, oh my God, you know? Right. And, and I remember, you know, hobbling to the bathroom. And I realized my muscles are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They are, um, they are repairing and as they repair, they get hurt. You know, I don't have a muscle disease. I don't have anything that prevents my body from doing this. I mean, sure. I mean, I'm injured. I have, I have a hip issue that I have to fix, but look what I was able to do. I, I, I did a 70.3 mile race the other day. Unfortunate am I and blessed am I that I'm able to do that. And I think the very basis, the very basic concept of stopping and thinking, okay, I'm in an office that I can afford to pay for. I'm talking to you, a big ass monitor right now that I, I, I can afford to have. I have a daughter who doesn't hate me yet. I mean, she's only three. I'm sure she'll hate me at some point, but all these things, right? And we take them all for granted, but they're not. And, and I just don't think, I don't think as a society, as people, I don't think we look enough at what we have and say, I'm really, really fortunate for this. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm with you. I think uh, just really, truly being more full of, of gratitude um, changes our perspective. And my kids absolutely keep me grounded and keep me refocused on the things that matter. Um, and because every once in a while, I get my I get out of my own way enough to see things from their perspective, and and they still realize how cool everything is, right? Especially my youngest, who's six. He whatever like he just like he saw a new microphone on my desk, and he wanted to record a movie just because he saw a cool microphone. Yeah, and that those like folk being okay with uh, with the little wins, I think makes the big wins taste even better. I'm trying to do the same thing, uh, uh, you know, with my daughter. It's like. Uh show her these like i made her uh, i made her eggs today and i bought uh, the greatest thing you could buy for your young kids is food poison it's food poisoning she's <laughs> food coloring yes um, i put oh, tired in the race. i put food coloring you know and i said say yes so we're gonna have blue eggs right she goes wow they're blue you know it's just like yeah. it's awesome i love that they're that. excited about yeah ah, so cool so um as we as we come to the end of the interview peter like i love to ask everyone this question at the end of the uh at the end and you've done a lot of cool stuff 
you just signed up for another Ironman in, uh, in Spain. What's one thing that's still on your bucket list that you're looking to, uh, to accomplish? Oh God. I mean, I'd love to go into space. Um, I'd love to go into space. I'd love to, um, I'm at 400 something skydives right now. I'd love to get to 500. So I have the ability to, to jump in, uh, Dubai at, uh, I've jumped to the, the desert campus of Dubai, but I'd love to be able to jump in the, uh, the city campus, which overlooks the entire city of Dubai. But, uh, I think I'd like to just keep doing good things, helping, creating happiness, making people happy, having fun. Cool. All great things. Uh, appreciate you coming on the air. I know uh, you're busy. Um, but uh, it's been great visiting with you, and I hope uh, that other entrepreneurs are able to pick um, the great advice out of this interview that I got from you. So thank uh, you so much. It's kind of you, Todd. Pleasure was mine. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah.